The Productive Woman, Episode 307. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. This week we're going to talk about what happens when we try to do it all. You'll find more information and links to some resources I mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 307. This episode is brought to you by SaneBox and by Woven. If you'd like to make better use of your calendar, check out our sponsor, Woven. Try Woven today for free by going to woven.com slash podcast slash TPW and uh, give it a shot. I'll talk a little bit more about them later on in the show, but I am excited to welcome back a returning sponsor, SaneBox. This is a service that I've personally been using since long before they became a sponsor the first time um, a few months ago. You know, we're all so inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's got to be about responding only to the important things, the messages that truly matter. And that can be hard to figure out, especially in these this day and age where a lot of us are working from home and a lot of what we maybe used to do face-to-face is being dealt with via email, among other things. Well, that's where SaneBox comes in. You can think of it as a, a robotic Marie Kondo for your email. As the messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, leaving only the important emails in your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff to your Sane Later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. It also has a really cool feature the same black hole where you can drag messages from annoying senders that you never want to hear from again, like those marketing emails. You just drag them in there and same black hole will see to it that you never, never hear from those folks again. You also can get sane reminders to ping you if somebody hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. And best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. So see how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your email inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash TPW today to start your free trial, and they're offering a $25 credit for if, if you sign up for it after the two-week trial. So that's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X, SaneBox.com slash TPW. Give it a try. I think you'll like it as much as I do. Okay, so this week's episode was inspired by a recent message in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. And uh, Rita posted something that really kind of spoke to me and got me thinking about this. And I'm going to share her email and see if see what you think as you're listening to this. So Rita says, I'm 55 with a full-time job, high stress in healthcare, and I'm trying to complete my doctorate in nursing. Every time I sit down to write my proposal, I get chest pain. The anxiety is crushing me. 
I have medications both that I take every night and others I can take if I need them, but I am tired of trying to handle it with medication. I haven't found relaxation techniques helpful, possibly because there's no time at all to relax. I drive about an hour and a half to work each day, and although I'm very productive during my travels and I feel good about that, I feel I have no real downtime. I don't expect to find any until this is over, providing I can finally complete my degree. And last year, I had to put the degree on hold for a while as I could not complete the assignments due to my husband being ill. I'm scared I won't be able to finish, and I really don't know what to do. I want to excel at work, too, which is making it hard. I sometimes wish I cared less. As I read that in the Facebook group, I found myself nodding my head. I mean, obviously, my career is not in healthcare, it's in law, but it's a high stress, high demand profession. And, you know, you may be in something similar, and there are other things going on in my life. I think a lot of us can relate to Rita's experience trying to do all the things, wanting to do them well. We want to make a difference, we want to live up to our potential, and we want to leave a legacy. There are some studies out there that show that we as women are doing all these things because we think we have to in order to advance in our profession or in the world. Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a difference. There's nothing wrong with wanting to live up to our potential and to leave something behind as a legacy for those who come after us. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that sometimes our own expectations of of doing it all leads us to doing nothing at all. Now, we've talked about this before. For instance, in uh, episode 253, we talked about when you want to do it all. And there's some thoughts there. In episode 284, we talked about some thoughts about work-life balance. So if this is an issue for you and you want a little more detail, a little more thoughts on this, those are a couple of episodes I would point you to where we've looked at this issue before. But it seemed like a good time to talk about it again, especially because right now, uh, as I'm recording this, it's August of 2020. And most of us, many of us around the world are feeling on top of the normal pressures of, you know, trying to excel at a career, caring for our family, um, maybe pursuing a degree, whatever things we're trying to do. Now we've got the extra stuff that goes with the coronavirus pandemic. And um, many of us, not me, my kids are grown and gone, but I, I know that many in the community are on top of all the things they were already doing now, Um, you know, educating their kids at home or contemplating what's going to happen as the school year starts here in the United States. It'll be starting in in just just a, a very short time. And there's a lot of uncertainty. A lot of moms are deciding, parents, you know, but we as moms a lot of times take this on ourselves, uh, are deciding that uh, we're not ready to send our kids back to in-person school, even if the schools in our district are open. And so we're, we're looking at adding homeschooling or some version of that on top of everything else we're already doing. So it seemed like a good time to talk about this issue of when we're trying to do it all and maybe end up doing nothing because we're paralyzed. So 
let's get into that. I, these are some thoughts that I had on this topic. I really would love to hear your feedback on this because this is an issue for so many of us right now. So when I talk about all or nothing, you know, what, what, what do I mean by that? I mean, kind of what I've already alluded to here, trying to do it all, whatever all means to each of us as an individual, and then feeling like a, a failure if we can't, feeling like there's something wrong with us if we're not doing it all and doing it all well. Some of that, I think, comes from external pressures. Maybe there are the expectations that other people in your life have, your boss, your, your spouse, your kids, your friends, your parents, whoever it might be. And I would throw out there that a lot of times other people in our lives who know us have these expectations of us kind of do, going above and beyond and doing all the things because we've trained them to think of us that way, because you're so diligent, you're so competent, you're so conscientious and you do the things. And that leads to other people in our lives expecting that we always will. Well, sometimes we reach that point where, you know, it's the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. And we've now reached a point where we're not doing any of it well, and we're stressed out, anxious, not sleeping, all those things that can come from trying to meet those expectations that in many cases we've created ourselves. And maybe that'll be a, a topic for another time of how we can manage the expectations of the people in our lives. There are lots of messages out there that women have to do more just to stay on par, much less get ahead, particularly in the work world. This has been, you know, a, a topic of conversation in women's magazines and various places for a long time. I'm not sure I believe it's truly necessary in most workplaces. I know there are exceptions, but I think in most places the it is not necessary that women do more and do better just to sort of keep up with the men. But that message has been internalized by most of us and it affects how we do our work in the world. It affects how we show up. If we think we have to do more, that becomes our reality. And so that comes from that external messaging that we have internalized and it affects how we're showing up to do our work. I think social media contributes too many images of other women's perfect homes, perfect children, perfect careers, perfect hair, perfect lives. So that increases the pressure on us because we're thinking, you know, if she can do it, I should be able to as well. Now, we've talked about this before, but I'll just remind you, nobody's life is perfect. Uh, we are looking, standing on the outside, looking in and seeing only a carefully curated set of photos and images and posts and things. And that's the image that's fed to us on social media, which increases that pressure from the outside on us to do all the things. And we better do it well, too. Otherwise, we're, we're falling short. So there are those external pressures on us to do everything, to do it all. But I think much of it comes from internal pressures. And I've kind of already talked about that, that we have taken these external messages that have been around as long as I've been conscious of it. And I've been around for, you know, a minute. Um, we've internalized those things. And I read one article 
uh, called Why Less is More, Advice for Female Overachievers Everywhere. And this was a really good article. I will link to this and some other good resources for you to consider reading in the show notes for this episode. And in this, this particular article, a clinical psychologist, Dr. Jessamy Hibbard, notes the internal demands that we create for ourselves on top of external demands. Hibbard told one publication, these are the pressures you place on yourself. For example, checking and rechecking work, spending too long on each task, taking work home and setting excessively high standards. Um, and so this is a psychologist who is noting that this is a tendency of many of us as women to create these expectations of ourselves, of perfection, of, of more, of going above and beyond. And there is a place for that, I think. There is a, a, a place for, you know, giving 110, 115% effort, but it's not everywhere and it's not all the time. And so we'll talk about that again in a minute. Um, so how does this manifest when we have this sort of doing it all, this sort of all or nothing impact uh, on us? It, we become, we can become paralyzed by that perfectionism. We find ourselves not starting on something or not moving forward on it, not making progress because we believe we have to do it perfectly and secretly, we're not sure we can. And the problem with this, and this is something that I've struggled with, is that it keeps us from trying new things. So we miss out on so much if we think everything we do has to be done perfectly. It will hold us back and we can become paralyzed. We can't figure out how to start. We're afraid to start. As long as we haven't started, as long as we're not, you know, doing anything about it, we're just dreaming about it, planning it, thinking about it, we haven't failed yet, right? And that paralyzes us. Once we take that step and start actually doing whatever this thing is, um, we run the risk of failure, at least in our minds. So we are, you know, emotionally, mentally paralyzed and kept from starting our projects. Um, and that's when I'm talking about, you know, in the title of this episode, all or nothing, we feel like we've got to go all in, do 110%, do it perfectly. And if we can't, we end up doing nothing at all. And sometimes, uh, you know, done is better than perfect, right? Just taking that step, going forward, knowing that you're going to not reach perfection most of the time, but you can move forward, start, make progress and get better over time. Another way this sort of all or nothing, this, this desire to do everything and do everything perfectly manifests itself. And this is true for, I think a lot of us is we spread ourselves too thin. So we are trying to do all the things we're trying to, you know, work at a job and do it perfectly. And we're trying to be the perfect mother and keep a perfect home and, and advance by taking classes and, you know, taking care of our parents and doing things in the community. We're trying to do everything and we end up not doing anything very well. As I was thinking about this, I remembered Greg McEwen's amazing book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. I've talked about this uh, several times. In fact, we did an episode. It was really the first episode in our recurring 
mini series, so to speak, about productive reading, about books that we really like. And that was when we talked about essentialism. And one of the things that McEwen says in that book is when we try to do it all and have it all, we find ourselves making trade-offs at the margins that we would never take on as our intentional strategy. So we're going to talk a little more about uh, essentialism and some of the thoughts from that book later on. And I also will link in the episode or in the show notes to the episode where we talked about this Uh, It was actually way back in episode 23, so you can find it there. Uh, But I will link to that in the show notes. So we may be paralyzed by perfectionism. We may be spreading ourselves too thin, trying to do so many things that we're not able to do anything well. We may find ourselves living somebody else's life. We're not being authentic uh, and true to our own vision of what our life should be. Uh, This is something else that McEwen talks about in essentialism. He says, when we don't purposefully and deliberately choose where to focus our energies and time, other people will choose for us. And before long, we'll have lost sight of everything that is meaningful and important. And of course, this whole concept of trying to do it all can manifest itself in exhaustion and burnout. Uh, This, another quote that really spoke to me from that article about why less is more is this one. There is lots of research been done on this and that women tend to kind of overachieve. They try to do more and go above and beyond at work. This is where a lot of this research has been done. And one of the things the author of this article said is that the research showed that employees who regularly put in hours and effort beyond the call of duty experience more emotional exhaustion and work-family conflict, especially for those who carry out responsibilities at a high level. So what they're saying is they're finding this, uh, the higher you kind of rise in the organization, if you're the boss, if you're an executive, if you're the owner, those people in particular tend to put in many more hours and effort then maybe is even actually really necessary and they experience this higher level of emotional exhaustion and conflict between work and home. The article goes on to say that this one study they were talking about found that employees who already performed well in their job and had a high level of conscientiousness also suffered significantly higher emotional exhaustion and work-family conflict. Those who exerted greater effort in their work and family roles with a general sense of not wanting to let people down found they had little left in reserve, increasing the challenges of balancing work with a healthy family life. So I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? Uh, another way this whole sort of syndrome of wanting to do it all and uh, it, it can manifest itself is in just discouragement. You're trying, you're trying to do well, you're trying to do what you think you should do and you feel like you're not accomplishing it. Similarly, and, and, and you become discouraged and give up, right? Um, also disappointment in not accomplishing the things that we care about deeply or Uh, disappointment in our own ability to perform that can lead then to those feelings of failure. And we kid ourselves. A lot of times we talk to ourselves and we say, 
everybody else is able to do this. Why can't I? And again, the dirty little secret here is that nobody is perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. Nobody's doing it all. Even the people who seem to be doing more than you are, are still not doing it all. You don't know what help they have behind the scenes or, um, you know, where they may feel like they're dropping the ball. So those are some of the, the manifestations and the impacts of this trying to do everything, do all the things and do them perfectly. Uh, this is where it can lead. But what's the alternative? Well, there are things we can do differently. We don't have to live like this. We don't have to struggle with trying to do everything all the time and feeling like we're not doing it well. You know, the, the feelings that Rita expressed in her post in the, in the group are familiar to many of us. We don't have to live like that. We really don't. And so there are some things that, that I thought of that we can do and I would love to hear your thoughts as well on this. So what is the alternative? First is to recognize there is a middle ground. You're not less than if you work hard when you're working, but build downtime into your schedule. You're not unproductive if you choose not to try to do it all, but instead choose to focus your time, energy, and attention on only a few truly meaningful things and set aside everything else. And we'll talk a, a little bit more about that in here in just a minute, but there is that middle ground. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's not true that if you're not doing it all, you're not doing anything. You can find that middle ground. You can work hard when you're at work and let it go and go home. And, you know, as I'm saying that, I hear you saying maybe that's not true of my job. And I understand that. I'm talking to myself as much as I am to you right now. I have the kind of career that requires or seems to require everything you have to give. The, the legal field is... Um, dominated by this perfectionism, do it all, go above and beyond, be available 24 seven mentality. And the fact is nobody can live like that. Certainly not for very long, but it doesn't mean you don't do anything. So again, I want to emphasize the fact that you're not doing it all doesn't mean you're doing nothing. There is a middle ground where you can choose those those few key areas, put your time and attention and effort fully into those things, but still leave space for downtime and, and some of the other things that are important to you. The second thing is to remember and recognize that the choice really is yours. You do get to choose. Sometimes we feel like we can't, and I'm going to talk about that. Uh, McEwen talks about this a lot in Essentialism. And again, I know we talked about this book before, but it was a long time ago, back in episode 23. I would encourage you to pull this book out and read it, if you, even if you've read it before. I started rereading it uh, this past weekend, and really, it, it really spoke to me yet again. It's one of those books that I, I feel like it's important to reread every so often. Um, but start with recognizing that you have a choice. There is a difference though, between options, which are things that can be taken away from you and choice, 
which is an action. A choice is an action, and that is always within your power. Now, there are consequences to every choice we make. The choice you are making now has consequences. If you are feeling that burnout, that anxiety that Rita talked about, and I'm not criticizing, or I'm not saying there's something wrong with you if you're feeling that way. It's normal when you are overloaded and you've taken on so much as we do because we want to make a difference. We want to accomplish important things. Um, we, We end up feeling like we're trapped in that. But remember that we do have a choice. And then make that choice. Recognize that we simply cannot do it all and remain healthy in our bodies, in our minds, and in our relationships. As McEwen says in Essentialism, you can do anything, but you cannot do everything, at least not all at once. So the question then becomes for each of us to ask ourselves, which of your endeavors really truly need 110% effort right now? And which of them could you maintain with only 100% or even 90 or 95% effort for now. So for example, you're working full time, hoping for a promotion. You're taking classes to earn an advanced degree to help you get that promotion or maybe to help you make a career change. You're managing your household, getting meals on the table and and keeping the house clean. You're planning the party for your daughter's second or third birthday party. And you know, these are just a few of the things you have going on. So if that's you, looking at those things, what needs 110% effort, which many of us just naturally want to give to everything, and which don't? So, you know, for start with the birthday party. Yes, you love your daughter and you want her to have a special experience, but do you really need to host a huge party with the entire extended family in a bouncy house and, you know, a clown and all that stuff? If so, who's that really for? Is that for her or is that for you? Uh, having and, and I'm asking you to really think about this. I'm not telling you what the answer is, but think about it. Is this an area where you could scale back a little bit? Honestly, having raised five kids, I can, I can pretty much guarantee that if you're, for your child who's two or three years old, she's not going to remember a huge party. She might even be overwhelmed by the crowd and the clown and all the people and everything. So could you do something smaller that requires less work for you and still could create a memory for her? Just a thought. Could you take fewer classes one semester so you could focus more on quality work for one class as opposed to giving up sleep to try to excel at three? Um, I'm not saying you can. I'm saying this is something to ask yourself. Could you scale it back a little bit for now. Will it take longer to get your degree? Yes. But you will be perhaps happier, healthier while you're doing it uh, than trying to, you know, cram it all into a short period of time. Maybe you need to take all those classes. Maybe that's the area that you feel needs your focus and your energy right now. So looking somewhere else, could you outsource some of the housework or use a delivery service for groceries or even for prepared meals? If you live in an area where that's an option, 
maybe that could buy you back some time and some uh, ability to rest and focus your time and energy and attention on that area or two areas that really, really need it from you. A lot of this depends on what resources you have available to you, what people are around who could step up and step in. I have to confess when, when, uh, we moved from Omaha to New York for me to attend Cornell law school, we had five young children. I had been homeschooling them for, you know, the older ones for 10 years and keeping up the house and all those sorts of things things changed when I started law school. I did continue to homeschool for the first, my first year of law school, but my husband stepped up. We had a conversation about what's possible for me to do right now. Law school is a very demanding program and it needed my attention. We had moved the whole family for us to do this. It was important to us as a family that I do it well. And so he stepped up and our older kids stepped up and everybody worked as a team to get some of these things done. And, you know, Mike took over the cooking and did some other things like that. And so if you've got a partner who will step up and do that sort of thing, then consider asking. I think a lot of times we hang on to things because, you know, we think we'll do it better. We don't want to ask for help or we think no help is available, but maybe a little creativity and communication could lighten your load, make it possible for you to focus on those most important things that only you can do. Just a thought. So the idea is to really have an honest conversation with yourself first about where is the best use of your time, your energy, and your attention right now in this season. And where can you let things, not let them slide into, you're not going to let your house, you know, be condemned by the health department or something, but maybe less than 110% effort that you give to everything else. Figure out what really, really requires that extra effort and where you could pare back to allow yourself time to rest, to sleep, to enjoy your family and enjoy your life. Uh, It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be, you know, judicious and strategic deployment of the resources available to you. As part of this, you accept slower progress. You can. Uh, You can choose to, you know, let things take a little bit longer to be accomplished because you're not giving an all-out effort right now on everything. So some things maybe are going to be, take a little longer. I mentioned, you know, if you're in school, extend it for another year and take fewer classes each semester. Uh, Whatever the area where you think you can scale back a little bit. You can be content with, satisfied with, and proud of taking small steps because small steps taken regularly will get you where you want to go. It may take a little longer, but you'll get there. We need to learn the difference between not now and never. Um, I think a lot of times we feel like, well, all these things that I'm doing are important and I've got to do them. If I, I, I can't not do them and I'm not suggesting that you should, you know, just set them aside. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be not now 
right now in this season, I'm going to focus my attention on this. I've got a, a newborn in the house or I've got a parent who's ill. And so I'm going to let this other area of my life, I'm going to put it on the shelf for now. And, and by this other area of your life, I'm not talking about your health. I'm talking about some project that you've been devoting yourself to along with everything else, um, being willing to shelve it temporarily. We think we've got to do it now because, because it has to be done. If I don't do it now, it'll never happen. But our lives are long enough to allow time for everything. So we don't have to do everything right this minute. How many people do you know who, you know, delayed school because they were focused on family or a job or something else? My daughter, my oldest daughter, Rachel, is a perfect example. She started college um, right out of high school, did a couple of years, but fell in love, got married, had children. So she's got four little girls. And now, uh, you know, a decade or two later, she's gone back to school. I'm so proud of her. She is now is the season where her kids are old enough. They are, you know, school age and in her district, they are actually going back to school with precautions. And so she has gone back to school to get her teaching certificate so she can um, teach. I think she wants to teach middle school choir, middle school music. And um, you know, you, you would think many people would think, well, it's, you know, it's too late. If I didn't do it when I was right out of high school, it's too late. But she's an example of it's of the truth that it's not, it's never too late to do that thing you want to do. Our lives have lots and lots of time to accomplish those things. And so we need to learn that difference between not now and never, and be willing to set some things aside just for a season until the timing is better so that we can enjoy the life we're living instead of overwhelming ourselves. Finally, prioritize doing fewer things well. What McEwen talks about as less but better. Um, and I, I wanted to touch on just a few of the points from the book. This is not a productive reading episode, but when, as I was thinking about Rita's uh, post in the group and the, the thoughts that came up and the areas that I personally have struggled in, this book came to mind and I pulled it out and started reading it again, as I said, and I just, it, it's so good. There's so much there for us. So some of his key points on this idea of choosing to do fewer things really well instead of spreading ourselves so thin, doing less but better. Uh, he says, everything changes when we give ourselves permission to be more selective in what we choose to do. There is tremendous freedom in learning that we can eliminate the non-essentials, that we are no longer controlled by other people's agendas, and that we get to choose. With that invincible power, we can discover our highest point of contribution, not just to our lives or careers, but to the world. And I just, you know, there's so much good stuff there. And I, I hope you will think about that and take that to heart. He talks in the book about the myths we believe and the the truths that should, can replace them. And the myths are that it, that I have to, I have to do this, or I have to do that, or I have to do all these things. And he says, replace that with, I choose to remember that the choice is always ours. 
Another myth he talks about, and he goes into more detail in this uh, on this in the book, and that's why I recommend that you read it or read it again. Uh, the second myth that he talks about is that it's all important. And we do tell ourselves that we, and we believe it to the core of our soul that all these things I'm doing are important and I must do them all and I must do them all perfectly. But the truth is, and (laughs) although I tend to, to think all the things I'm doing are important, the truth is, as he says, only a few things really matter. And you can choose for yourself what those things are. The third myth he talks about is I can do both or I can do it all. And the truth that replaces that I've already mentioned earlier, I can do anything, but I can't do everything. Keeping those things in mind, remembering those things can help us to get a better balance, a better kind of allocation of our prime and very precious resources of time, energy, and attention. So stop often as you're going about your day and ask yourself, whatever it is you're doing, why am I doing this? Is this, is it because it truly is important? Is it because only I can do it? Is it because it's precious to me? It's important to me? Or is it some other reason? There's not a right or wrong answer The question is, do you like the answer for you? So whatever, whenever you change activities, pause for just a second and ask yourself, why am I doing this? And the second question maybe to ask yourself is, is this the best use of my time right now? Not just, is this a good thing to be doing, but it is, is it the best use of my time? Is this something that will make the biggest contribution toward me creating the life that I want to be living. And if it is, then go for it a hundred percent. But if it's not, maybe you still need to do it because you're in the middle of it. And you know, you told somebody you would, you made a commitment and, and it's the time for the thing to be done. But just start asking yourself, how many things am I doing for reasons that I'm, I don't like the answer to, and that aren't making the biggest contribution. And, and then start the process of weeding some of those things out, figuring out ways to delegate, to just simply let things go for a while, to make space, make time, make energy in your life for those things that matter most to you, that will have the biggest impact in your ability to live the life that you want to live and to make a life that matters as you define it. So those are my thoughts on that. I would love to hear what you think about this. Uh, do you feel like you're pretty much on top of it all? I know, I know you might. And if you are, I'd love to hear how you got to that point, how, how you reached that kind of, I hate to use the word balance, but that place in your life where you feel like you're the things you're doing are the right things for you and, f- uh, for this time in your life. And you feel like you're staying on top of it. I really do want to hear how you're doing that. So, you know, reach out to me, let me know. If you don't feel like you're on top of it all, if you're feeling like Rita as, and like I have many times, is there one thing that you have on your schedule for today or for this week that you could put aside for now, a meeting you could cancel, a 
you know, commitment that you could reschedule or get out of gracefully. Is there one thing that you could put aside for now to buy yourself a little breathing room and a little time to think about these things and make sure that the direction you're heading with your life is the direction you intended to go? Uh, so you can share your thoughts on this. I'd love to hear from you on wherever you are in this process. You can share that in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 307. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. If you are a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that is always a great place for these conversations, and I would love to continue it there. If you're not yet a member and you are a woman who listens to this podcast, you are welcome to join us there. Just go to the productivewoman.com slash group, I think it is, or just search for the productive woman in, um, in Facebook and you can find us. You have to click a button to ask to be joined because this is a private group only for women who listen to the show. And, uh, there are a couple of simple questions there that I need you to answer so that I can be sure that you are, you know, actually a person who wants to be a part of this group for the, for, you know, the right reasons. If you would prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, your comments, or your thoughts on this, how you're doing it all (laughs) or doing all that you're doing, or, you know, how you'd like to change any questions you have. Email those to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Woven. Time, as we've talked about in this episode, is the most valuable asset we have, but the tools we have to manage time don't always serve us well. It's so easy to feel out of control with your calendar, and even then, often we need one or two add-ins to have our calendar do the things we need it to do when we are managing work commitments, family commitments, personal commitments, community commitments, all those sorts of things. Woven was created to build into your calendar, your digital calendar, all the things you need, syncing, scheduling, even analytics, all in one place so you can own your schedule and make time for what matters most to you. It allows you to sync all your Google and Microsoft calendar accounts in one place. Uh, Woven offers powerful scheduling tools that are built in for free with personalized scheduling links, published office hours, even group polls, which can save time when you're trying to schedule those group calls. Woven has features that allows you to rapidly time block your week and then protect your time with smart templates. And it offers instant insights into how you're actually spending your time with its built-in analytics. It's very easy to get set up and get started. And they offer online tutorials to help you get the most of it. So you can try Woven today for free. Go to woven.com slash podcast slash TPW to learn more, see how it works, and try it out for free. Be sure to let them know I sent you. And also, while we're at it, if you want to get a better handle on your email inbox, don't forget to visit sanebox.com slash TPW to start your free trial of SaneBox 
email inbox management system, a tool that I've used for probably three years now, at least. Uh, you can start your free trial and get that $25 credit. That's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X, SaneBox.com slash TPW. And thank you so much to SaneBox and Woven for supporting The Productive Woman. One last reminder, if you've been thinking about joining me uh, in a Productive Woman Mastermind group, I've got just a couple of spots left. Would love to offer one of them to you. Uh, if you want to be part of a small group of like-minded women who share mutual support, ideas, encouragement, and accountability in pursuing those most cherished goals, visit theproductivewoman.com mastermind to learn more. And don't wait because we will be starting the first week of September. That's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I so appreciate you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I would love to hear from you on the things that we talked about today. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, above all, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. <laughs>